Hello, my name is Christopher Demicio, and this is a very good novel coronavirus by me, Christopher Demicio. If you'd like to see chapters, uh, the prologue and chapter one, those are on previous podcasts. I recommend you start with those. This is chapter two, Viral Apes on Parade. Yes, things were going very well for the Donald and his entire cohort, those white Americans born between 1945 and 1965, also known as the Baby Boomers. Through the years, there had been an effort to include people of color in the Baby Boomer cohort, but everyone knew, at least on some level, that it was a lie. They might be of the generation, but they were no more a part of it than they'd been a part of the white classrooms that they were integrated into during that period. Under the Trump presidency, things went very well for the baby boomers, just as it always had. They were given more benefits, their savings grew in value, their homes, bought for a fraction of annual income, grew in value to the point where they were worth much more than the same annual income adjusted for inflation. A series of tragedies allowed them to use their fluid wealth to hoard what should have been that of later generations and then scoop up whatever gains those generations might have made. As the next generation, Gen X, came of age, started earning, appeared to be poised to profit greatly from the boom in technology, a series of lawsuits, antitrust cases, and mergers re-leveled the playing field and allowed the boomers to reclaim their position on top before it was even lost. When protests and a movement for environmental and social justice in the late 1990s threatened the status quo and the power structures, the boomers began attacking the same freedoms they had been granted by their elders, the right to peaceably assemble, the right to protest, the right to demand change. When tragedy struck on September 11th of 2001, the same boomers who claimed to have protested against the Vietnam War piled into attacking Iraq and Afghanistan and sending two generations into a state of permanent post-traumatic stress disorder. They bought Krispy Kreme donut stock, rallied around wars being good for the economy, and proceeded to use easy credit to buy up everything on every block. A few years later, seeing that Gen X and minorities in their own birth cohort were also using the same easy credit, they engineered credit default swaps, ballooned the real estate market and exploded the economy. Generally, white baby boomers had enough to weather the storm, and equally, generally, Gen X and minorities did not. Their assets, assets, i.e. their homes, were scooped up and turned into vacation rentals. There was another period from 2008 to 2011 where it looked like they might be losing their grip. The sharing economy, the startup culture, and social media all seemed out of baby boomer grasp. But using their superior buying power and the unfortunate circumstances of Gen X and millennials, they bought them. Everything from the experts to the businesses themselves. In cases where money wasn't the goal, such as a bizarrely successful experiment called couch surfing, they monetized the same concept by investing in Airbnb. It was a baby boomer-owned and operated business now. At this point, the boomers started buying up what had been reasonably priced rentals and turned them into illegal, overpriced holiday houses. It was a huge win for the boomers. Not only had they ruined couch surfing, but they had become the majority stakeholders in the sharing. Ha 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 economy. Managed to buy most of the housing inventory and they raised rents at the same time. They were the landlording generation and just like their fearless leader, they profited the most from the Trump presidency. As with Trump, the whole generation operated on a plausible deniability concept that allowed them to do whatever they wanted and deny it later. There were no better deniers than the baby boomers and there was no better baby boomer than Donald J. Trump. From the time he was elected, his people made moves to shore up his power and make sure that he kept it. Meanwhile, he set about dismantling the Obama 
Obama years, destroying the media, punishing his enemies, and engaging in what can only be called madman diplomacy as he alternated between trading insults and gifts with the world's despots, created key imbalances in the U.S. federal bureaucracy, and manufactured stock market booms and busts while his investment team reaped all the rewards. Look, I could go on, but this is all history, so you can look it up from whatever perspective you want. By the end of 2019, Trump was one of the five richest men on the planet, but on paper, he made sure to rank far lower. His attacks on Amazon were dual purpose. He drove prices artificially down and then bought shares before driving them to new artificial highs. He wanted to destroy and dethrone Jeff Bezos, the world's richest man, but at the same time, he wanted to profit from his company and harness the power it wielded. Gradually, the true oligarchs of the world realized that Trump was in charge and they stopped attacking him. There was a tacit truce and it was finalized when the richest companies in the world were symbolically arranged into Trump's campaign acronym, MAGA, which stood for the openly racist Make America Great Again or the trillion-dollar companies he had made truce with, Microsoft, Apple, Google, and Amazon. Those who pay attention already knew that Trump wasn't going to step aside, even if he lost the election of 2020. The other side of the equation was the simple fact that Trump was not going to lose the election of 2020. All of the necessary winning components had been put in place before the end of 2019, an artificially pumped up economy that only benefited the top 1%, all-time low unemployment numbers combined with all-time high debt and all-time low buying power when wages were adjusted for inflation, and a political machine that had control of the electronic infrastructure of America. Amazon Amazon had finally come on board with a plum from the Pentagon, the Jedi contract being dangled in front of it. Trump had everything to gain and nothing to lose because it was completely rigged, all of it. Obama had been castrated and his policies had been dismantled. State and federal courts all over the country had been stacked with Trump loyalist judges. The Foreign Service and Justice Departments had been gutted. The military had been neutered and all the prominent voices within it had been discredited. The Democratic Party had effectively been split in two, one side far left, the other side closer to far right. The Republican Party had been purged of anyone who didn't have complete loyalty towards the Donald. Trump had destroyed trade relationships, isolated and offended allies, walked away from treaties and agreements, and whipped his country into a frenzy of conspiracy theories, xenophobia, and for those who truly believed in things like social or environmental justice, despair. He was pro-pollution for profit, pro-environmental degradation for profit, anti-science, anti-truth, and made himself more orange in every appearance just to fuck with people. Nothing could stop him. He was indomitable. He was large and in charge. There was only one problem. The planet had begun to pay attention. The apes had become a toxic infestation. She'd been working slowly, trying to change them, trying to encourage them, trying to reach them. Some of them were involving. They were seeing themselves as part of a bigger picture. They were noticing the interconnectedness of everything. They were breaking down the walls that separated them from one another, from other living things, and from the totality of her many systems and processes. Given a thousand years, she would have been able to gently mold them into a healthy synergy. But starting in about 2016, she realized that she didn't have a thousand years. If she wanted to save the apes and the bears and the elephants and all of the other mammals, marsupials, birds, fish, insects, reptiles, and protozoa, she would have to be more drastic. She didn't have time to mold her chosen into a new way of being. The work would continue. But in the meantime, there were two things that had to be eliminated. Baby boomers and capitalism.